Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Official Gears Podcast, where we're talking about everything from mouse ears to butterbeers. It's Brian and Alan here, and we want to thank you for joining us once again. And we jump into our next episode 59, uh, the continuation of our series where we're talking about 50 of our favorite things at Walt Disney World for the 50th anniversary. Uh, how's it going today, Brian? Um, doing pretty well. Uh, it's kind of been raining the last couple of days, so kind of been cooped up inside, but uh, gotten a lot of business things done, uh, updated some training and got caught up on a lot of news we're going to talk about later because there has been a lot that has been, ro- you know, that's rolled out. Uh, but other than that, things have been pretty nice and calm and smooth, um, you know, but I'm sure that'll all change. It's uh, <laughs> time for school to come back and, yep, yep. you know, Blaine's going to start golf lessons soon and Abigail's got golf, gymnastics. Really? And yeah, we're going to do some private oh. golf lessons for him, so. Wow. Uh, you know, he's not much of a team player, so we had to try to find something <laughs> he could do. So, so. You're going to have so. to take him down to uh, one of the golf courses at Disney soon. Yeah, uh, they actually have yeah. one here where he can go and play for free um, on a six-hole golf course. It's a smaller one. Um, but I think the longest the T is, I think they said like 180 yards. Um, okay. So he can, he can go Good out there start. and do that. Yeah. Yep. And then, um, Maybe him and I will be ready because I'm going to be watching the golf lessons because I'm not very good at myself and uh, <laughs> see if I can pick up some some tips and then we can go play at one of the uh, Disney courses. So I've gone with friends to like the driving ranges and the top golf and things like that here and there just for fun. Yeah, but I'm not very good. I, I don't think I would be allowed on an actual course. Driving <laughs> range, fine. Actual course, probably not. My friend was kind of fun to go do. He's like, you can hit it far. He said. But it doesn't go very straight. And I was like, <laughs> sure doesn't. Just, it, it's out there. Like, I don't know where it went, but it's out there. Yep. Yeah. 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 So That's how fun. are you? Hanging in. Yeah. So interesting couple of weeks since, you know, mm-hmm. things have changed. But kind of adjusting and getting used to, uh, you know, a new a new way of looking at things. But, yeah. you know, it's good. It's It's a lot of adjustment. I'm still settling in. I'm still trying to figure out, you know how everything works and how to how to get settled in for the, my day and how to readjust. But um, there's a lot more training we're going through. I'm trying to kind of redo some of my business things. So yeah, it's it's a lot of reevaluation and restructure at the moment. But um, so far, it's been pretty positive. Yeah, I know you're doing a lot of cruise training. Um, mm-hmm. And then I also know there's, there's a lot of going on, things going on behind the scenes with the podcast and just our businesses in general that we're both yep. working on. So yep. um, nervous times, but exciting times. Good times. Only good times ahead. Yeah. Even better times ahead. That's, yeah. that's the best. Yeah. Oh. Well, if you missed it last week, we continued on with our series dedicated to the 50th anniversary of the Magic Kingdom. We talked about five more of our favorite things at the Walt Disney World Resort. Uh, we talked about the Garden Grill, Wilderness Lodge, uh, Wilderness Lodge Resort, Frozen Ever After, Toy Story Mania, and the Ears, Hats, and Headbands collection you can purchase. Uh, those are always pretty interesting to see uh, the different versions of those. So, And again, you know, we will continue this series all the way up to October 1st. So if you missed that one or any of the others, we hope you go back and we hope you get a chance to go back and check out that episode or any others on our website, which is www.gearspodcast.com. And for this episode, again, we're going to keep on rolling and we're going to be talking about five more of our uh, 50 uh, favorite things at the Walt Disney World Resort. 
And each week we're picking five things that uh, we, you know, just absolutely love. And the list is not in any particular order. Each week we'll have one resort, one restaurant, two attractions, and one miscellaneous item. And again, we're going to finish on October 1st. So far, it's been an absolute fun series to, to do. Um, you know, it just kind of reminds us a little bit why we like each one of these attractions or restaurants and um, resorts that we typically may not stay at. But we uh, we highlight some of the, the big things and it kind of makes us want to go and book a book a trip. So I'm excited. Very I'm loving true. it. I, you know, I can't wait to keep on going. So uh, let's just go ahead and get right into it. Absolutely. All right, so let's jump in. Let's talk about everything. So typically what we do in our episodes is we talk about our resorts first. So in this episode, we are going to bring information to you about Disney's Pop Century Resort. So Pop Century Resort's a fun resort. This is technically part of the value class of resorts at Walt Disney World. Um, it is part of the value category, but it's a little higher end value category. Um, it's not the most affordable of all of them. Just when you start looking at them, the price is a little higher than some of the all-stars. But um, it's also one of the newer value properties. So this one came a little bit later than the all-star resorts, so a little newer. Um, it has been renovated recently. And Pop Century is really themed up around kind of turn-of-the-century pop icons. So um, the resort itself has different buildings, and each building has kind of a different theme. So you've got decor from... The 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. So each of those buildings are slightly different themed. Um, they are similar to the all-star resorts that they have giant oversized decor and props and things outside. So you have like a giant bowling pin next to the bowling pool where there's the pool is actually shaped like a giant bowling pin. Um, there's a hippy dippy pool where it, the pool is shaped like a big like flower from the 70s. Um, you have a computer pool where it's shaped like a big laptop computer. Um, so you have three pools at the resort. Uh, you have things like Rubik's cubes, giant Rubik's cubes, giant yo-yos, um, all kinds of fun pop icons and things, uh, giant pieces that are just decorated all around the resort in all of those different buildings. They kind of fit the theme for each one. Um, it's pretty cool. Uh, as part of the renovation, when they did the room renovation, so most of the rooms at many of the resorts are either fully renovated in the last couple of years or just getting close to being finished. But when they did these renovations here, they took out what was two double beds and they put in a queen size bed and they put in those table Murphy beds. So I like that because it just gives you a lot more room. It's, it's a Murphy bed. The bed folds right up into the wall. You have a table to sit down. It gives you more room to like spread out and walk around in your room, especially if you're traveling, you know, three or four people, or if you have kids, um, it's great to have a table to sit down and let the kids do things or anything like that. Instead of just sitting on the bed, um, it just, it gives you more space. I feel like in the rooms, I kind of like that. Um, but the rooms are, you know, typical, these are long buildings, um, outside walkways to the, to the outside. So, um, no interior hallways here. You open your doors directly to the outside. The window faces the walkway. Um, but it, they're, they're typical. You're going to get, you know, a coffee maker, a micro, uh, refrigerator, a microwave, basic information or basic details for in the room. Um, you do have showers and um, separate like dressing areas within the rooms. Um, all the theming when they redid them is they, it's very pop. Um, so there's like squares of Mickey in different colors, kind of kaleidoscopy colors and things. Um, I, I just think it's really an interesting resort. I really enjoyed it when we stayed there. Um, it, it's a good sized resort. Um, uh, what do you think of the pop? 
I, th I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I like pop. It's our favorite uh, value. Um, like you said, it's not it's a it's a value, but it is on a higher end along with art of animation yeah, yeah. Um, in the campsites. But it's you know, it has a completely different feel to me than the um, all star all stars do, and um, just the added bonus of the the um, skyliner is yeah, you transportation know, is, a major, is, is a major plus um it's very close to art of animation so you know if you just have a down day you want to get out and walk around you can head over to art of animation and check that one out uh, we go to art of animation a lot whenever we do stay at pop which is not very often but uh we like the food over at art animation animation a little bit better um we feel like they're um cafeteria style um, their food court yeah yeah is is a little better but uh pop century is not bad at all it's just we typically get the rooms closest to, we request the rooms closest to the skyliner so that way we have that option and yeah. it takes just as long to walk over to art of animation to eat as it does to the pop century main uh, building mm -hmm. yeah so um but you were yep. mentioned the murphy beds those uh those do save a whole lot of space especially when you have two kids and you've got downtime and, you know, you know, you don't want to go to the pool or you've already been to the pool. Uh, you fold that bed up and they've got room to play on the floor or play on that table. Um, mm -hmm. And just in general, um, you, you know, when you if it's just two adults, you just leave that bed up, uh, you know, the whole time. Yeah. Just gives you and more room you, to walk around and mm -hmm. space. You've got your, space in you room. leave your suitcases out. Um, so it's it does feel roomier than the All-Stars. Uh, because of that Murphy bed, uh, I feel like the decor is a little more contemporary. It's clean lines, um, you know, the, the vinyl floors, uh, the vinyl plank floors versus the carpet, uh, you know, really adds kind of like a nice little touch. Um, we don't stay at values very often, but when we do, it's usually pop. Um, yeah, I agree. It's the pop or art of animation. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned too, there are two transportation um, sources here for art of animation or pop century. So at pop century, you do have uh, the bus, the multi-world bus system. And then uh, you do have the hourglass lake, which is one of the um, final points of the skyliner right there in between art of animation and pop century. So you can board the skyliner and you can transfer at Caribbean beach resort and go on to either Disney's Hollywood studios or to the uh, world showcase entrance of our Epcot center. So that's always nice options there. A couple of different ways to get around. Um, if you can avoid the buses, you know, the buses are a necessary evil. We don't love <laughs> the buses, but they're a necessary evil. And so adding the Skyliner over there to uh, pop is really, really a big feature. Um, nice. Over in the main building, you do have a nice little gift shop and you do have um, a pool bar and you do have the uh, food court area. Their food court, actually, I agree with you. Their food court actually is really not bad. It's it's for a value. It's one of the betters. Mm -hmm. Um Art of animation is, is still a little step up, I believe, as well. Um, but like you said, it's a short walk. The two are close to each other, so um, nice options there. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you're if you're looking to you know save a little bit but still stay on property and you don't quite want the the total value experience, Pop Century is a good alternative option. Yeah, and we don't talk about values very often on this. Um, and it's not that we're against value resorts. It's just we typically don't stay at them. We see the value, see the value. of mm -hmm. staying at the moderate or deluxe. <laughs> um, so, but again, you know, if your budget requires you to stay at a value, Pop Century is a good one to stay at. Like I said, it's a little pricier. Um, 
but we're talking, you know, maybe twenty, thirty dollars a night. So it's it's not too much. Um, yeah, not a huge difference usually. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's it's a good option, and it's it, it is a fun one for kids. Kids really enjoy that one as well. Yeah, there's so many great things to look at. Like we said, all those giant props and things around the buildings as you're walking around. Um, and, and it's great if you're a little older to, you know, have the conversation with your family about what some of those things are. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, kids and the yo-yos now. The, mm. Surprised how many kids don't know what a yo-yo is. Yep. It's like, what? It doesn't have an electronic thing? What is the string and it doesn't plug in? Like, Yeah. Like, <laughs> so it's kind of interesting to see, too, but... Uh, most kids still recognize a, a Rubik's cube. So you have the giant Rubik's cubes and the bowling pins and yeah. um, the records that are out there and the people dancing. Um, that's kind of an interesting one around the seventies area, the musical notes. So, yeah. Well, yeah, if we're, uh, if, if we're going back in time, we're going retro. Let's go really, really back in time. Let's go. Uh, let's talk about fifties primetime cafe. It's uh, a great it's, one. It is. It's possibly my favorite sit down restaurant that doesn't involve characters. Yes. Uh, uh, it's it's just the food, the atmosphere, like just everything about this restaurant. So uh, it's located in Hollywood Studios right next to the Indiana Jones Stunt Spectacular in Echo Lake. Um, it's also connected to Hollywood and Vine. So uh, they share a bathroom. Um, Hollywood and Vine is the buffet uh, with the characters for uh, breakfast and lunch and then a different set of characters for dinner. Hollywood uh, 50s Primetime Cafe is a sit-down, order-off-a-menu restaurant where the waitress is more like a relative of yours than a waitress. And, you know, we'll kind of get into that in a little bit, but it's uh, <laughs> they really make the restaurant uh, almost seem like an attraction, to be honest. They're like, they're like your aunts and uncles. Yeah, you know, your long-distant aunt and uncle. Yeah. So uh, the restaurant is themed after a 1950s family kitchen with vinyl chairs and Formica tabletops. Um, so you really do walk in. If you watch I Love Lucy or um, I Dream of Jeannie, any, any of those shows, it looks like that kind of kitchen. WandaVision, it looks like the kitchen from WandaVision yeah. a little bit. Yep. So, uh, Have you ever ate at my grandparents' house? Yeah, the same, the same. It's a very retro uh, (laughs) place, even down to the clothes the staff are wearing. I mean, they're wearing their, um, you know, 50s attire, their, you know, even their shoes. Just everything about this restaurant screams 1950s. Um, Diner style. It's fun. It's fun. It is. It is. And, you know, every every booth uh, or table has its own little unique theme to it. So, um it's just really cool to go and sit down. And, and even if you're just doing dessert or something, it's it's a must. Uh, each table is set near a TV, which you're allowed to watch as a special treat. You know, back then you couldn't watch TV while you're eating. Um, that's why the whole uh, invention of the TV tray came out, because people would often get to eat in the living room for the first time. Yep. Um, which the TV show is a vintage TV show. And so it is truly a TV dinner. Um, exactly. It's, it's so unique it's like nothing else on disney property like i said it's basically an attraction um you got to bring your appetite you got to bring your sense of humor and most importantly you got to bring your manners because if oh, you yeah. do not bring your manners they will call you out like i said these are relatives supposedly um so your aunt or uncle while you're at the table will tell you to get your elbows off the table they'll make you eat your vegetables um they'll make you tuck your napkin in um, they check your hands to see if you washed Yes, it is hilarious. They called my mother-in-law out because she wouldn't eat her greens. So, 
Uh, and they'll tell you no dessert if you don't eat your veggies. Yeah, it, it is hilarious. <laughs> and so it's it's kind of like a comedy show, dinner show type thing. Um, you know, and I said, bring your appetite. And the reason why is because they serve breakfast. Or, I'm sorry, they do not serve breakfast. They serve lunch and dinner. Menu options are about $15, $35, depending on what you get. Uh, it's the same menu for lunch and dinner, which is fried chicken, pot roast, meatloaf, a Caesar salad with salmon or chicken. And then each meal comes with two sides. You can actually get a sample platter that has fried chicken, pot roast, and meatloaf. I don't know how anybody eats that with the two sides, but uh, it sounds that's amazing. What we usually get. <laughs> <laughs> I usually get the meatloaf. That's what you should get. Huh? You should get the sample because there's so many good choices. You can't just eat one. So you got to get the yeah, sample. Yeah, that's, that's, that's true. But I usually get the meatloaf and I eat all the meatloaf with my mashed potatoes and usually I end up getting green beans. I hate green beans. I usually end up getting the green beans there and they always like, are you going to eat those? And I was like, of course I am because I'm not going to have you call me out in front of the whole restaurant. Um, <laughs> So funny story about this, this restaurant, Mandy and I went there for our uh, honeymoon and we thought we had a meal plan, didn't have the meal plan. And we were like, oh goodness, this is kind of expensive because we got drinks, we got dessert, we got um, everything we thought we were getting on the meal plan. And turns out we didn't have it. I was not a travel agent at the time. Otherwise I would have fired <laughs> myself. Uh, it was pretty bad, but um, I was not eating my green beans and the lady came over and she's like, are you going to eat your green beans? I'm like, no, I'm full. And she's like, you're not getting a dessert until you eat your green beans. And I was like, no, you know, I'll get some or whatever. She's like, I'm not going to bring it to you until you eat your green beans. She's like, you can pay for it, but I'm not bringing it to you. And I was like, fine. And I had, there was a viewfinder. I don't remember. People remember the viewfinder. There's a little red thing you look in when you pull the trigger and it changes scenes. I'm sitting there. What? Like looking through the viewfinder, flipping the thing while I'm eating my green beans. And I've got a picture of it. And that's I'm like the sticking dessert my menu, out. I think. That is the dessert. Yeah. Yes, that is exactly yeah. what it is. Yes, I forgot menu. all about that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm sitting there scrolling through the dessert menu with the green beans in my mouth, my tongue out, so she can see that I'm eating the green beans, and Mandy just takes a picture of it. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it is it's funny. Like, I love that place. Um, so we talked about the dessert menu, and that is your ice cream sundaes, your warm apple crisp, which is amazing um and then your dad's peanut butter layered cake which is i my my favorite i get that every time um or a mom's brownie one of those so uh i don't know and then if you want a coke float or root beer float those are on the menu as well milkshakes include um chocolate vanilla strawberry and then peanut butter and jelly as well i have not had the peanut butter and jelly milkshake and i'm surprised about that so i think next time i go i'm gonna have to get that one <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not usually a big shake person um i did have a root beer float there one time because you kind of had to it kind of goes to the place it does um yeah and i'm i do the mom's brownie yeah. such good food i think you can get the floats while you're waiting for your table you used to be able to i don't know if you still can or not but i you thought you could to. go up and you could ask because they have like a little bar right there yeah there's the a entryway and lounge there. so um you talk so about the menu have... prices, though. But so, like, the fried chicken entree is twenty four dollars. The traditional meatloaf entree is twenty one. The pot roast is twenty four, and that sampling of mom's favorite, which gets you um, fried chicken, uh, pot roast, and meatloaf with all the fixings, is only twenty six bucks. So, yeah. you know, I, I mean, you can spend Just that if you go park... out to Olive Garden yeah. or something. You can spend thirty dollars a plate, right? For theme park food, it is not bad at all. No, mm -mm. it's very. Oh. I like that one a lot. Yeah. 
it, it is kind of hard to get in, but it is extremely good food. Uh, and then for those of you that have allergies, uh, they have an allergy-friendly menu as well. Uh, again, it's just a super fun experience and a really good food option for those wanting more of a healthy dinner option versus, um, you know, your cheeseburger or your chicken nuggets or something like that, uh, especially at Hollywood Studios because you've got, well, now that you've got the um, canteen in, in uh, Galaxy's Edge, uh, they're really like there wasn't that many different food options for kind of like a sit down different style food. Everything was kind of mm -hmm. like backlot express. Um, and then the, uh, commissary, those are kind of very similar food options. Yeah. Uh, but now that they've got fifties, um, the canteen Brown Derby, Mama Melrose, there's a few different options that they've got. And, and I mean, fifties is by, by far my favorite. Yeah, I agree. It's one of those that I really enjoy. Very good choice. Great it pick is. for that one. Yes. So now that we've got a full belly, we need to talk about an throw attraction. It up. That's right. <laughs> and what better way to do that than to get on a roller coaster with a full belly, right? Let's take that full belly. And uh, in this episode, we're going to talk about Space Mountain. Space Mountain is a classic. Space yes. Mountain at Walt Disney World is over in the Tomorrowland area of Magic Kingdom. This attraction opened in 1975. It's been around a while. Been around. It has. Uh, there's some really cool things about Space Mountain in Walt Disney World. This was actually one of the very first indoor roller coasters ever built. It was also the first computer-controlled roller coaster ever built. So way to go, Wedway Engineers, when they designed that and built that roller coaster. Um, it is a roller coaster type attraction, so you are in roller coaster seats. Um, there, the seats here at Space Mountain, if you haven't ridden it yet, they're um, those bobsled toboggan style. So it's six people per train, three to a car, and each person gets their own individual seat and own individual lap bar. So you're kind of sitting in a row, six in a row, not side by side. Disneyland, the cars are different and they sit six to a car side by side. So little difference there. Um, the max height or the height restriction on this one for Walt Disney World is 44 inches tall. So you do need to be 44 inches tall to ride alone. Um, basically to ride because you have to sit alone in this one. Um, and so the, it is a tubular steel roller coaster ride. So it's inside. It's relatively dark in there. There is music playing in the building. Um, so it is, it's space themed, right? So when you enter the queue for Space Mountain, you kind of go into the spaceport. And as you walk through, you're kind of walking through like a space station, spaceport area. Um, there's windows to space as you look out, um, see things out there. So as you're moving through to the queue to get into the um, actual station area where you board the rockets, um, it, it's it's kind of interesting to see. So um, you board the rockets. It's about a two and a half minute ride once you're actually on them. There are two tracks. So once you get up to the space station portion um, and you go right or left, there are two different tracks. There's sort of mirror image of each other. So it's very similar. Um, some people will say the right side is faster than the other side. They're not typically true. They're, they're pretty similar. Like the right Twix and left Twix. Exactly. <laughs> but do both. If you get the opportunity to do both so you can compare, why not? Um, but it's a great ride. Um, Another little fun fact on this is this is not one of the fastest rides on property. Everybody, you feel like you're going really fast because it's in the dark. There are strategically placed fans in the attraction that blow on you to kind of make you feel like you're going faster than you are. Um, you'll see, you know, there's kind of projections of stars and things going through the area and 
asteroids that look like giant chocolate chip cookies broadcasting across the wall um, as you <laughs> kind of go by. But it's a cool attraction. And the top speed on this is actually only 28 miles an hour. Um, and that's when you do the big drop. So the, there's one big drop in it, and it's 28 miles an hour is your top speed. So you go a lot faster in your car. Um, but it just it's it's a fun, fun attraction. Um, if you sit in the very back seat of the, the car, um, you might need a back realignment when you come back out because it, it can be a little rough. <laughs> it can bounce you around a little bit. Um, and if you're nervous about it, ask to sit in the front row, actually. So if you actually sit in the very front row in seat number one, um, you can actually see the track a bit ahead of you. Even though it's relatively dark, you can see the track a little bit. So it kind of gives you an idea of where you're going and what to look for. So you don't be quite as nervous if that's something for you. Um, if you're all about the fun, sit in the middle, have fun, enjoy. Um, and if, if you don't worry about your back needing realignment, sit in the back, go for it, enjoy. But it's just, it's just a great attraction. We do it all the time. I love Space yeah. Mountain. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a phenomenal attraction. The history behind it is is wonderful. Um, it's you're right. Like you feel like you're going faster than you really are. You mm-hmm. feel like you, the the hill that you talk about that you go down is twenty miles. It's not even really that big. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the fact that everything is in the dark, and you know it's really hard to tell what's going on. This is one attraction I will not put my hands up on. <laughs> just because I, I don't know I, it feels like it, everything is so close closer than you think yeah i just won't do it but abigail wrote it when she was six um she wrote it uh when she was i don't know three and a half feet tall so i mean she she made the minimum height and she sat front row and absolutely loves it so yeah it can be a little scary but it's not really that bad um if you really want to see what it looks like you can google uh Space Mountain during the you know with the lights on. There's yeah. plenty of videos out there about it. Uh, I don't know. I, I love it though. It's you know I'm glad they have it the way they do versus the Disneyland version. Um, I think the Disney World version is better, but that's a big argument that a lot of people will have <laughs> that I'm I'm wrong. Um, it's but, back and forth, you know, back and forth. Yeah, if if you guys don't know, the Space Mountain is designed after the Matterhorn and Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got the same track layout and everything. So, uh, I don't know. I, I it's probably my favorite roller coaster. Uh, no, Big Thunder and then Space Mountain are probably my two favorite roller coasters at Magic Kingdom. So until Tron comes, then it's all going to change. But uh, <laughs> I don't but know. It's, just, it's a classic. It's a fun ride. You. I don't know. You feel like you're going so much faster than you are. It's, it's just kind of a must do. I love mm-hmm. it. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen it or not, but they did a, um, one of those behind the attractions on Disney plus mm-hmm. the, the space mountain version. And Blaine and I watched it the other night and I learned a whole lot about it. And it just kind of was like, I want to go ride it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's, it's great for kids. It's great for us. Um, so it's yeah, a good pick for this episode. It's just a great attraction overall, and it's it's a classic. It's been there since 1975. It's had a couple of refurbishments, but the attraction itself has really remained unchanged. Yeah, it's been it's great. Yeah, and it's gorgeous at night with the different uh, neon lights shining on it. Oh, from the outside of the building, yeah. Yep. Yep. So. Yeah, the different color schemes are cool. Yeah. All right. Well, moving right along, we're going to head over to uh, Animal Kingdom. Um, we're going to wrap up with probably my favorite ride outside of Flight of Passage at Magic Kingdom, and that's Expedition Everest Legend of the Forbidden Mountain. So if we have not thrown up yet, 
uh, we're about to. So um, I love uh, Expedition Everest, even though, you know, it's got the glitch with the whole Yeti thing, but I can overlook that. I don't care. Uh, the ride itself is phenomenal. Um, it's located in Asia, in Animal Kingdom, like I mentioned. And the minute you walk through the first part of the queue, um, you start experiencing the attraction. Guests enter the line and travel through the queue, reminiscent of traveling through uh, base camp in the Himalayas. Um, so you've got all these little different pop-up shops, uh, radio towers, uh, water canteens, tents, all these kind of things that you pass by. Um so you're gearing up for your trip up the mountain to go, you know, try to find the Yeti. And you'll also pass by different artifacts found by explorers searching for the elusive Yeti rumored to be hiding out in the mountains. Um, there's a famous show out there called Expedition Unknown, uh, hosted by Josh Gates. He's got a picture of a Yeti footprint, uh, or what's supposedly a Yeti footprint, in the showcase um, right there before you get on the ride. So it's just really cool to go through that queue and just kind of look at all the different things and kind of see the different culture because it is extremely different um, for the people that live up there, the way they treat this Yeti as almost like a God. And Disney really did a very good job of capture, capturing that uh, in their queue. Um, the height uh, description for this ride is um, 36 inches which I was a little shocked at. I thought it would be a little taller. Um, but again, it was one of those that Abigail was tall enough to ride, and she did it and absolutely loves it. And um, another one that has one of those individual lap bars. You sit side by side, yeah. but each person has their own lap bar, which I think helps. Yeah, yeah. So Abigail was sitting next to me and didn't feel like she was going to fall out because she's so skinny. Mm -hmm. So we got to pull her lap bar a little bit down a little further. <laughs> so... Um, but it's a roller coaster um, with lots of thrills, big hills. It does have some speed to it, has some sharp turns, and it has a surprise twist once you get to the top. And again, if you've ridden it, you know what we're talking about. If you hadn't ridden it, I'm not going to spoil it because it is it is really cool. Um, it actually will surprise you twice. Um, so it may be a little scary for younger riders as it does have the dark stretches and loud sounding uh, creature effects when it comes to the Yeti. But Overall, it is a very good family coaster um, if your family is a little bit brave. It's it's definitely a step up from uh, Big Thunder Mountain or uh, Slinky yeah. Dog Dash. But um, if you no have no upside downs seeker, or anything like that, the only thing no. that actually goes upside down at Walt Disney World is Rock and Roller Coaster. So yeah, nothing like that. But it, but yes, this is a bit more intense than Big Thunder or yeah. Slinky Dog. Definitely, it it does kind of throw you around a little bit, but nothing to the point where you walk off like you're, you know, in pain and don't want to do it again. Yeah. No. Um, you know, we've, we've done this one several times with the kids. Um, and it, it's got some speed and it's got everything we love about a thrill ride. And you know, again, it's, it's just one of our favorite coasters. Yeah. This is another one they did a really great job with. So Disney really likes to tell stories and Disney does a great job with that. And you're right. This, this storytelling starts as soon as you enter the queue, like so many other attractions, as soon as you enter the queue, you're learning about the Yeti and what's going on and why are you at this forbidden mountain and what's, what's going on around it. Um, it, it it's a great, great queue. It's a great attraction. Um, it's a must. I haven't seen it in a while. Well. I haven't seen it in a while, but um, I love it when you walk by right before you're about to get on the ride, it talks about welcome explorers and it, your name pops up on the screen. Mm -hmm. um, and so you just really feel like you're on the adventure. You're going to find the Yeti, you know, hopefully you make it back to tell the story. Uh, yeah. Basically it's kind of what it is. And 
uh, it's just so cool to, you know, for those little details that they have within the, the queue. And um, yeah, it's it the last really room in the story. queue. It's kind of a red room. You kind of go do a U-turn in it and there's um, posters up at the top of the end and they're like, you know, expedition, you know, Frank's family, so-and-so is going off next, things like that. And it, it uses the magic band technology mm-hmm. to see who's there and who's around and it pulls names yep. up randomly and stuff. It's really kind of cool. Yeah, it is. Keep an eye up there. If you see things, you might see your name up there. So a couple of attractions right. do that. That's one of them. Yep. Yeah. It's one of those we tried to do a couple times. And um, we well, last time we were there, we did it a couple times right before the park even opened. Yeah, we did. <laughs> we get there a little early. It was great. We did. So, I mean, we're moving right along. We are. We're cruising through this one. Um, so next thing we want to talk about is one of our special items. What do we do at uh, Disney world that adds a little bit of magic to our trip? Um, I think you got Blaine started doing this. I, I am a pin trader. So we're talking about pin trading at Disney world and the things you can do. Um, you can do it at Disneyland as well. Um, you can actually do it on the cruise ships as well. Um, so pin trading at Disney is for those that like to collect items and things um, you can purchase different pins and pin sets I'm sure you've seen them if you've been to Disney World. There are carts and stations all around Walt Disney World and some of the shops have walls and walls of different collectible pins. And they're just those metal pins um, that have different characters on them or different attractions or the anniversary of something. Um, You know, there's tons and tons of different collections of pins that are available out there. They have... um, secret pins and when do you buy a box and it could have a random pin in it and you don't know what's in it until you buy the box and so you got to you know buy multiple boxes to try and collect the whole set and then you have duplicates that you can trade um so it, it's a really fun way to collect new souvenirs and things that you really enjoy at disney world um in addition to pins that you can purchase disney actually creates sets of pins that they give the cast members that are part of the trading program. So they'll create cast exclusive pins that they give cast members to go out and trade with guests. So there's certain pins you can only get by trading with somebody. You can't purchase them. That's kind of cool too. So um, you go out, you buy different pins. You can get lanyards. You can get the little books to carry them in. Um, there's a lot of different things you can do to carry them. You can put them on your backpack, your you know purses, whatever. You can wear them on your lapels. Um, People find something somewhere that they like. Maybe you have a favorite character. Maybe you have a favorite movie. You know, maybe you're all about princesses. Maybe you're all about the Haunted Mansion. There's a bunch of different Haunted Mansion pins. Um, So you can go and find all these really cool pins that you can purchase or trade. Um, You can trade those pins pretty much with anybody who has pins. If they're a trader, you can ask them. If you see somebody and you see they've got duplicates, you can ask them. But for the most part, um, cast members will wear either a lanyard or they carry a little square of cloth that's usually around their belt loop. Um, and you'll see that has a bunch of pins on it. So if you go up and ask, are you trading pins? They will typically present the pins to you and show you and give you an opportunity. You can say, Oh, I would like to get that pin and you can give them one of yours and they'll give you a pin. Um, so you can trade, uh, you can go into some of the shops or attractions. Sometimes we'll have a pin board, um, where you can go up and see the different pins that are there and available and you can trade with somebody on the board. Um, so there's a lot of different ways you can do this. Like I said, you can trade with other guests. Um, there's a whole pin trading thing online. You can go and do if you wanted to do that. Tons of places you can do it. But pretty much at any of the parks, Disney Springs, um, the resorts, typically the, re- the merchandise locations have stops. Um, cast members pretty much everywhere are wearing pins. Um, it's a big encouraging thing 
Uh, I'm sure because it encourages people to spend money and buy pins so they can trade, <laughs> right? So why not encourage that? Um, and you can get started pretty much anywhere. So go into any gift shop, go to one of the pin trading carts anywhere at Disney World and get yourself a pin trading set, however you want to do that. So you can get a lanyard that comes with like four or five pins and you can start with those. They're usually a set, like you might get a Lion King set. It might have like five different Simba pins on it. So you have something to start and trade with. Um, there's a lot of cool little sets and things you can get. There's Numio pins. There's We've seen like uh, the villains all in the form of high-heeled shoes, like whatever kind of thing you find. There's really cool things out there that you can go and pin, uh, collect. So yeah. get started with a pin set and start trading and, and talk to people and see what you like. Um, I tend to like some kind of unique things. I've gotten a, a set where I'm only missing one of the country bears that came out and they were really kind of hard to find. Um, I also have a lot of the Disney buses. Most of those have been retired. So I have like some of the transportation things um, and then just certain characters that I really like. So I have a packet of pins that I take and trade and uh, I will often buy a set of ones that I don't love so that I know I trade them because my problem is if I buy something I love, I don't want to trade yeah. it. I, it's one yeah. of my favorites. I bought it to keep. So I buy a pack of ones like a five or six pack um, of ones that they're cool, but they're I'm not attached to them. So I have something to trade while I'm out yeah. roaming around. Uh, yeah. And it's cool. Well, you get started, Brian, Blaine. right? Yeah. And that's how we got Blaine started. Um, we bought, you know, we let Blaine pick out a pack that he really wanted to, to keep. And so he, he got two packs. One was the popsicles with different um, character designs on it. Mm -hmm. So each character had the colors or, you know, yeah. of a, of a, in a popsicle. And the other one was donuts. Um, so like there was like a, a donut that had like a goofy vest on it with, you know, it was an orange donut, yep. with a goofy vest, um, some things like that. So he's keeping those, but then we had just bought a random pack of like Mickey, you know, the classic, you know, fab five or whatever. Yeah. Um, so he's trading those away and yeah. he got like Pocahontas ones and some other ones. And so, yeah, those are the ones he's trading away. Um, I did notice the way they're doing it now is they have pin trading tables where they have times open up. Uh, so you can know when they're going to be there. Uh, they are outside the, you know, uh, food courts, um, merchant shops, uh, in the parks, there are certain locations where they will do it at a specific time where they have, you know, they'll have a board up and you go and pick one off the board. You drop yours in a bucket. So that way there's no hand to hand contact, anything yeah. like that. Um, they are being very careful about social distancing and you know, those kind of things still. Um, I collect, a pin for each hotel that I stay at. So every resort that I go to on Disney property, I will pick a pin and bring it home and, um, you know, put it up on my board. But then I also am starting to collect the, uh, any, any Jiminy Cricket ones. So, mm -hmm. uh, there, there's lots of ways you can do this. Like you said, um, I believe you can even do it for Hollywood studios. Uh, mm -hmm. they have Harry Potter ones out and they do have some for, um, different attractions and some of the old classic monsters and things where you, you know, Universal, Universal. Studios. Yeah, Universal, Universal Studios. Uh, I said Hollywood Studios, but yeah, Universal. <laughs> yeah, Universal um, Condition, yeah. I, I, did, I made the simple client mistake. You know, can I go to Harry Potter World at, at Hollywood Studios? <laughs> so, um, but not yeah, this trip. I mean, there's... Not this trip. Yeah. Maybe, maybe next time. <laughs> we don't know. Not this trip. <laughs> yeah. It's it's not... Pin trading is not as prevalent at Universal Studios, but it, it can be done. And it's yeah. also done on the cruise line. Uh, yeah. I have a Disney Vacation Club member pin from uh, one of the cruise ships as a prize i guess for sitting down listening to their their steel mm -hmm. um of a deal that they've got going on for the riviera at the time um but i mean it's just something cool to do and it's kind of pricey 
Um, but you know what, what fun collectible thing is not pricey. I mean, anytime yeah. you collect something, you're always adding a pretty good cost to it. So, uh, at least this is not something like, you know, a stuffed animal that's going to be sitting around for years with nobody playing with it or anything. It's actually, you know, going to be a little keepsake. Um, and at the end, whenever you're done with it, you can sell these back and, and make a pretty good amount of money. <laughs> yeah, once they've been around a while. So, and there's great ways to display these once you get home too. So you can either keep them on your lanyard and hang your lanyard, you know, on your dresser or something at home. Um, a lot of people are creating, you know, Mickey shaped cork boards, right? Me. And you create a Mickey shaped cork board and you put it up on the wall with a nice back and you put all your pins in it. And it's, you put it up on the wall. It's a great conversation point when people come over, you're like, oh, look at all your pins. And, you know, you talk about your favorite ones and what, where this one came from or how you traded and got this one or, um, it, it's, it's a fun thing. I really kind of yeah. enjoy pin trading and it's, it's a pretty cool little, um, uh, bit of extra magic we're talking yeah. about. Yeah. We, uh, we did that. We created a cork board, uh, Blaine helped me cut it out and draw it and put the fabric on and everything. Cause we did put a black fabric on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so he helped, he helped all of that. It's one of his big first projects where he got to use some power tools and, um, <laughs> it tells you how big of a Disney nerd this kid is. He put all his pins on the Mickey shaped cork board in a Mickey shape. <laughs> so, that's funny i was like have at it man like you know put so it, it in the shape cool. of a hidden mickey there you go yeah so um that's one of the fun things about it is displaying them all the different unique ways people do it and um it's just again it's just a little bit of extra magic like you said and you know it's fun to do and it's something like you know it's not just gonna it's not a t-shirt that's going to be in the closet you wear once every so often or things like that it's it's something you can display and like i said have a conversation yeah. about and I don't it's not going to shrink. Kind of fun. They, they it's don't not going to go out of style. They don't go out of style. Not gonna, it's not going to get chewed up or slobbered on. Hopefully not anyway. That's dangerous. Um, <laughs> if your dog's biting under those, you might get a yeah, bloody mouth. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the stuffed animals, though, too. You sleep with these stuffed animals, you get drool and snot and everything all over them. <laughs> these are going to stay nice and clean and shiny. and Exactly. You know, just another member of a fun family trip. Yep. So. Yeah, it's, it's a great thing. Yeah. So. All right. Well. That just about wraps up our episode, except for the news that we have. And I mean, so this episode is dropping on Friday. Um, so if you're listening to it, it's at least Friday, which you've had a couple of days notice of, of the biggest piece of news that we've got. And that was the Disney Genie. We don't have a whole lot of information about this. We just, mm-hmm. you know, we're, there's there's training that Alan and I are taking on it. Um, we have some it's not even available yet. It's coming. <laughs> yes, it, that's the biggest disclaimer right there is we don't know when it's coming. We don't know when it's available. We don't know all the details about it. As soon as we have them, we will let you guys know. But we do have some details about it, right, don't we, Alan? We do. So essentially what this is, is um, the, the, the rumor we've been waiting for. It's the confirmation we've been waiting for. Um, fast passes as we knew it are gone. Mm-hmm. Fast passes as we knew them are not coming back. So... Um, the Disney Genie is a way, it's an electronic way to use the My Disney Experience app to help plan some of your day, um, you know, pick where you want to go and what you want to do. We'll see how that part turns out. Um, the, the biggest <laughs> thing that everybody is talking about is that there is the Genie Plus. So Genie Plus will actually allow guests for $15 per person per day of your ticket uh, access to lightning lanes. And lightning lanes are essentially what the fast passes were. So uh, certain attractions, they haven't even given a full list of which attractions will be included in the Genie Plus. Certain attractions on certain days will allow you to basically use the lightning lane at certain times. 
So uh, if anybody had been to Disneyland and used the Max Pass, it it's basically sounds like Max Pass is coming to Disney World. So you purchase the the um, Genie Plus for the day. They will, you will know which attractions are available to use the Lightning Lane for that day. And you will be able to go in and pick a time to go to certain attractions like a fast pass and you'll be able to use the lightning lane in the fast pass or whatever genie plus time that you can return and use that attraction. Now you'll be able yeah. to use that um, throughout the day. So you could get multiples throughout the day, but you can only have so many at a time. So we believe you can have two at a time. Again, details are still being forthcoming. So don't quote us on this, but essentially you'll be able to go and say, okay, I want to go to haunted mansion at noon. And you look great. There's a lightning lane available. You grab that one. And then maybe you'll say, okay, I want to go to um, Big Thunder Mountain at two. And if you look and there's an availability, great. You can grab it right through the app. You don't have to go to the attraction and you can do that. And once you use one or two of those, if there's something else available later in the day, you'll be able to get another lightning lane opportunity available. So a specific list of attractions will be available to each guest for $15 per person per day. It must be the length of your stay. So if yeah, you that's that's the biggest thing is that's the biggest the length thing. of this day. You can't like universal. You can't just buy it per day. Right. So let's say if you have a five day ticket for a family of four, then all four of you will have to get the lightning or the genie plus for all four five days. So you're looking at adding at about a three hundred dollar add on to your trip. Way less than Universal Express or Universal yes. Express Limited down the street. So just keep that in mind. Now, in addition yeah. to the regular list of Genie Plus attractions that would be included for your $15 per day, they're saying certain other attractions would be available not as part of your Genie Plus, but as a separate add-on. So we're hearing, and again, no details have been officially released. This is what's coming. It sounds like Star Wars Rise of the Resistance, Remy's Ratatouille Adventure, and um, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train would be separate events. If that's the case... These would be a one-time purchase to be able to use the Lightning Lane for your group. So we don't know what the price point is on that. It would be a separate price for per use of those attractions. Yeah, I imagine they're going to add flat of passage to that as well, so that way they have awesome. one. I would think, as you know, in each park. I would um, think. And you, you did a pretty good job explaining it. And again, it is, you know, one ticket per person per day mm -hmm. um, of, of, of night stay. This is this is cheaper than Universal. Disneyland has been doing this forever. Yep. Universal Studios has been doing this forever. I know people are going to complain about Disney's just hunting for money and all this. I used Six the Max Flags. Pass at Disneyland when I was out there almost two years ago, and I thought it was great. I really I enjoyed mean, it. So I, I didn't have any doing complaints. It. Mm -hmm. Dollywood has been doing it. Yeah. I mean, your major theme parks have this where you pay for it. Disney has, you know, just at Walt Disney World, they've just said, you know, we're going to include it in your hotel stay. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I'm okay with them doing it. And the fact that this is so new and Disney and themselves has put out there, you got to book this through your travel agent, contact your travel agent mm -hmm. for more information. That to me is huge because they understand how big of a deal this is going to be and uh, you know how it's going to confuse some people and how it's, there's so many different options and ways this is going to work. Um, and we'll be there to help I you navigate that and help you. Yeah make sense of it mm -hmm. I, I can see this you know if you get the disney the genie plus and then you add on you know mine train um i can see how you may end up cutting 
your day and a half at some of these parks, mm-hmm. you know, by, by several hours anyway, because you're not going to be waiting in line. Not everybody's going to buy these. You know, the mm-hmm. old fast passes, everybody that stayed on property got one of these. Your value people and, and some of your others, that you're, they're not going to want to spend the money. They're not going to see the value in it. And so you if you go this route and you pay for the upgrade, you may, you know, cut out several hours of your wait time just by mm-hmm. paying, an, you know, an extra $15 a day per person. It's very possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of those, how much is your time worth to you? So, yep, that's true. Yeah. So more details on this are coming. So, you know, again, this episode drops on Friday. There may be more details available by the time the episode comes out from what we've already been told. Um, So we're just giving you the brief info. Uh, And as we know more, we will definitely make sure you know more and get you all up to date on that. Yep. Now, we do know something that is available right now and that has been available the last couple of days that has been helping people cut out some wait times. Yeah, this has been pretty interesting. So um, attendance has been a lot lower than expected lately. In so, all of Florida. In all of Florida. and Disney. Yes. So we've been watching the wait times, and the wait times have been really low at the parks. And one of the things that's been very interesting is in the last couple of days is that uh, at Hollywood Studios, not all of the boarding groups have been filled for Rise of the Resistance. So what does that mean? That means at some points at 4 p.m. or 7 p.m. in the evening, you could still get a boarding group for Rise of the Resistance. So that's very interesting. That means those folks that actually park hopped and didn't get there until after two o'clock, if the boarding groups were still open at three or four o'clock in the afternoon, you could go in and you could get a boarding group and still be able to do Rise of the Resistance. Um, A couple of days, the boarding groups were still available as late as seven when they seven or eight thirty, but they stopped giving them out. So they actually just started letting guests in the standby line. No boarding group needed. So yeah, attendance has been down a little bit here as kids are going back to school. Um, You know, Delta has kind of been doing some things. So oddly enough for the first time, guests have been in the standby queue at rise, the resistance with very little weight. Yeah. Like it's, it's hard to say, you know, go on vacation right now because of, you know, all the craziness with the Delta and everything. But um, Disney has seen so many. They reported to themselves they've seen so many cancellations yep. over the last several weeks because of this. And, you know, it's opened up a whole opportunity, you know, a whole new opportunity for people who are okay traveling. Like now is the time to go. If you don't have kids or your schools hadn't started yet, now's the time to go while the wait's down and yep. you guys feel safe going. Um, have at it i mean <laughs> and do, do your due diligence you know if yeah if you're ready you know be prepared with masks for where you need them um you know take hand sanitizer and just be be prepared and be cautious and have a great time yep yep well another thing we can do to have a great time is disney's very merry merriest after hours event so it's basically the boobash just the christmas version mm-hmm. uh which we knew was coming uh, we have a few more details about it. So tickets are going on sale as of the 20th of this month. Um, the event is going to run from November 8th to December 21st on select dates. And all those select dates are on the website or we can get those to you if you have a trip planned. Um, one thing people have said about Boobash is do not attend Magic Kingdom on the nights that Boobash is going on because it does get a little bit crowded. We'll kind of see how the, you know, 
summer ends and fall comes if that continues to be the trend. But I believe since it's the first few events that they've had, uh, numbers will kind of trickle down once the yeah. bloggers and annual pass members and everything get their their collectibles and all that. So uh, the event runs from 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. in the morning. That's pretty late for me. But if I'm getting all the all, all you can eat ice cream and Coke and popcorn and all that, I probably can stay awake till one o'clock to, to finish the event. Um, but like the event's going to include big things. The yeah, big things yeah. with this. Yeah, it's um, Minnie's wonderful Christmas time fireworks is coming uh, as a special hollow, holiday themed parade. Once upon a Christmas time, um, and then guests can expect to see appearances from their favorite Frozen characters. And many others, including the toy soldiers, which everybody loves to see the toy soldiers at Christmas time, and Santa Claus. So we know he's always been at the Halloween or in the uh, Christmas party. Um, same thing with the toy soldiers and the gingerbread men. Um, so it's nice to see that they're still going to keep those. All right, but your but frozen characters are going to be back. The big thing: this is a full parade returning to Walt Disney World. Yes, during yes. the Christmas party. So this is this is not a cavalcade. This is the full Christmas parade is returning, the Once Upon a Christmas Time parade. So that is very interesting to me to see the full Christmas parade coming back. It's at a nighttime event, so the attendance is lower, so they can mm-hmm. control the crowds better. But uh, and the the Christmas parade is so popular, like you said, with the yeah. toy soldiers, with many of the holiday characters and things that are only available um, in the Christmas parade. So I am super excited about that. I think that's great. Yeah. I think that's going to lead into a regular parade. Come Hopefully January late winter. Yeah. January, maybe early spring. So, um, well, the other thing they pointed out, back. the other thing they pointed out about this is, um, this starts during the 50th anniversary mm-hmm. with the new, um, fireworks show that will be going on yeah. at the magic kingdom. So on these nights, you would actually get, the new fireworks show for the 50th anniversary and Minnie's once upon a wonderful Christmas fireworks. So you get two fireworks shows at that. That would be awesome too. Yeah. Two completely different yeah. shows. That's, that's yeah. totally worth it for me right there. That and the parade and the holiday cookies stay up till and one snacks. To like, see oh. the fireworks, but I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I can do, I can do it. Yeah. Super excited know. about this. We've talked about it a lot. We love the after yeah. hours events. Um, I have done the Christmas parade. I did two years ago, right before, um, they shut down last year. We loved it. We had a blast. It rained the night we were there. We had a blast anyway. Um, we've talked about that. We took my mom, like, you know, she had to buy a bag from all the cookies that we got. Uh, it, it was just, it was a lot of fun. We really enjoyed it. Yeah. No, I did say it was from 9 a.m. to or 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. Um, but like typical after hours events, you can get early admission. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it'll start um, letting you in the park as early as 7 p.m. Yeah. So that is what. Yeah. Uh, five hours of park time? No. No. Six hours of park time. Yes. <laughs> yeah, <so>. we, <laughs> we do our math in our head here. Sorry. Yeah. I use my <laughs> fingers. So <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> but yeah, so but yeah, if so you have not done one of, of these time. after hours, that's, that's awesome. If you've not done an after hours party, super excited Christmas is coming back. So yeah. Christmas is going to be big this year, I think. Another thing coming back for this uh, fall slash winter is Cirque du Soleil. I love Cirque du Soleil. Did you ever see Lanuba? I did not. I saw Lanuba like five times. I love Cirque <laughs> du Soleil. They're great. So yeah, Drawn to Life, um, presented by Cirque du Soleil and Disney. 
is the new show coming to Disney Springs uh, in the old Lanuba Theater, uh, scheduled to open on November 18th. So we actually have a date. Uh, tickets go on sale as of October, I'm sorry, August 20th to the general public. Super excited about that. So this is a collaboration between Disney and Cirque du Soleil. So they're actually combining Disney magic and animation with uh, Cirque du Soleil acrobats. And uh, it looks fantastic. It's, it looks like it's a great story. I super, super want to see this. I think it's going to be great. Yeah, it looks good. So good. Looks good. We've got another we one too. A, mm -hmm. I was going to say, we also have a favorite restaurant coming back. I know this just got announced and I was like, yay. So one of our <laughs> it's favorites, a buffet. it is, we are getting a buffet back at Walt Disney world. So we kind of mentioned that before that we were surprised that as long as it took Disneyland to reopen, Disneyland had the first buffet come back, but we've got our first buffet returning to Walt Disney world. And that is at animal kingdom lodge. Boma is reopening. So super excited about that. This is one of those places that I'm like, we've mentioned before, I look at menus and I look at ingredients and the way things are described and I can be really picky and I'm like, no, I don't want that. Boma is one of the best places to eat on property. It's Taste of Africa. Um, they have carving stations. They have so many different, like amazing, amazing foods. Uh, please go and support Boma when they reopen. Um, and it is a buffet at Animal Kingdom Lodge. Just, I had nothing bad to say about Boma. It's so good. No. So good. I, I like it, and I, I recommend it for those that really love Animal Kingdom, mm -hmm. uh, and you want to do the safari maybe in the morning and at night. Um, so you know, go do some things, enjoy Animal Kingdom, go get Boma for like late, maybe a late afternoon lunch, um, and then go back for uh, the safari and some other things yeah. afterwards. It's um, a beautiful setting in that resort. It's it's yeah. kind of off the lobby, um, very African art and themed and. Um, big carving stations and oh man it was just it's, it's amazing. really really good food super good food yeah. so excited we have a buffet coming back we do have a buffet coming back we and also the next have one an too as i say we have an intergalactic exp dining experience coming back uh, i want to try this um, I, I do it looks so neat uh, the the renderings that we've seen of it um just make it look so good so i, I really want to see it because what we're talking about is Space 220, um, and it's going to begin lifting off, serving guests in September at Epcot. We don't have a date yet, but it just says September. Uh, the Space 220 restaurant is located adjacent to Mission Space, uh, the attraction. And, you know, when you're out there, you're looking at Mission Space, and you look over. You can't really you see You really it. don't see it. Mm -mm. There's nothing there. Because it's just in space. Like, it's, yeah, it's in space. It's, it's right you, you look at a wall with a sign on it, and you're like, where's the restaurant? Mm -hmm. So... Um, it's definitely unique, um, and basically it takes fine dining to a whole new level, and it really does. The immersive experience begins as guests check in the Space 220 Departure Lounge in Future World. From here, guests will board one of the two space elevators that will transport them to what seems like 220 miles above Earth to S Centauri Space Station. And as guests begin their ascent, they'll look down through a viewport to see Epcot shrink away, look up, they'll see the space station coming into view. Um, so basically it's going to feel like you're on this elevator that like a glass elevator where you can see both, you know, up below you and above you. Um, but realistically you're traveling like 10 feet. Yeah. <laughs> if that, I mean, if you that. really like, yeah, it's, it's really not if that not. far. Um, but yeah, I like in the description, uh, they have to put what seems like 220 because you're yeah. really not moving, but it's no. amazing. Um, uh, 
Yeah, it's uh, once guests have docked, they'll head through the Centauri Space Station themed dining area. Inside the dining area, guests will experience a panoramic view of Earth below and a variety of work and leisure activities taking place beyond the windows of the space themed restaurant. Um, so basically, you're going to have this huge window where you're going to look out, you're going to see Earth, and then there's going to be astronauts kind of floating by, uh, kind of like you're on a space station, basically. Um, it's going to be a really cool view. These are supposed to be um, almost real life mm-hmm. uh, things happening around you. Uh, so it's going to be just really cool to see uh, the Space 220 restaurant menu will feature stellar dishes and gourmet recipes with a two-course. I can't ever say this. Pre. Pricks. Prefix. Is it pre-fee? Prefix. Now, see, that, that's just, it, it doesn't look like that. Menu Prefix. for lunch <laughs> and a three-court prefix menu for dinner. Rounding out the meal with unique beverages from wine to as, asmo, atmospheric cocktails and more. Um it's just I mean, French to say fixed it, price. That's all. It's French yeah. for fixed price. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've talked about this restaurant a lot and just the uniqueness of the design for it is going to be one of those. that's going to be really, really hard to get, not just because it's brand new, just because it's going to be something completely different than what Disney or anybody else has ever done before. Yeah. If I had the money, I would totally been signed up for Branson or, um, uh, what's his name? Tesla's uh, rockets to go and try that. <laughs> so because I can't afford to do that, I am super excited to go and pretend to be in space and have a meal um, overlooking the earth. I think that sounds awesome. And I'm ready to try ever since here. this, ever since this news came out, I've been stalking uh, reservations to see if they just have snuck them into the website and they have not So, mm-hmm. so far, nothing. So. so we've been told September, which is really close really close yeah. so we're just waiting for an actual date that this pops up so we can start booking it yes. i have a trip so book it's... well i have two trips booked now actually we're we're going in january to run and then um i'm going in march april so i'm going in march all right we're going going for some about this we're going yeah. at different times so. though yeah we're off a couple weeks um I but can't I'm wait though. to get this one too. I, 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 yeah, this is on my list. I want to try this one. So, it's, yeah, it's been delayed about two and a half years, but <laughs> we're ready yeah, to see this come. Slightly behind schedule. They, they cut the space program out for a while, so that cut yeah, the funding. And, exactly. Yeah. Couldn't get up there to, you know, get it put together. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, guys, that wrap, basically wraps up our episode for this week. And so we just always want to thank you guys for joining us and, and listening. Uh, feel free to comment with your own thoughts. Um, catch us next time as we continue the series inspired by the 50th anniversary of Magic Kingdom and we talk about five more of our favorite Walt Disney, things at Walt Disney World. Uh, I do want to give a shout out to Jeff Moody uh, for letting us know that he is enjoying this series. Jeff, thank you. Um, it was nice to speak to you in the uh, Facebook group the other day. So um, if you guys are like Jeff and you're enjoying the series, send, uh, send us a shout out, let us know, and we will definitely make sure you get your name dropped on the on the episode. Thanks, and Jeff. As you know, yeah. Um, as you know, you know, as your mouse experts, we're here to help answer all your Disney and Universal destination destination questions, and help you prepare for your next magical vacation, uh, wherever the destination may be. Especially when Disney rolls out new things like the Disney Genie, uh, we're here to answer those questions, whether you've booked with us or not. Preferably if you booked with us, but if not, we will still get you the answers that you need because we're those kind of people. Um, but you know, if you enjoy the show, please share this episode with with them. And uh, we're always looking to grow our audience. So uh, please send it to your uh, friends and family. Don't forget to and subscribe. Don't forget to, yeah. Always yeah, make sure so you, you never miss, miss an episode. episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I'll let you finish it out. Oh, it's all good. You got it memorized. That's right. Just oh. subscribe. Never miss an episode. <laughs> and uh, leave us a comment and email. Uh, any of these your favorites as well? We want to make sure we're getting those. So thanks I again. I bet we hit some favorites today. We had some good ones in there. Some very good ones. Yeah. So we do like to end every episode with a quote. And uh, in this one, we visit Alice from Alice in Wonderland. And Alice says that every adventure requires a first step. And sometimes that step is an elevator 220 miles up to a space station. What feels like it? Seems like. <laughs> Seems like, yeah. It's not really, <laughs> not, not really go into space. So you don't need to pack your Dramamine. Just yeah. saying. Yeah. Uh, I'm so excited for that restaurant and a lot of the other things. I'm excited for the Disney uh, Genie. I want to see what it looks like. I know some people are throwing a fit about it. I want to see what it looks like. I want to see how it rolls out. That's yeah. my thing. I'm all for giving it a shot. Let's yep. see how it goes. All right. Catch you next time, guys. Thanks for listening. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. Bye.